Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you before we start to whoever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not always sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to the latest episode is to subscribe, get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough of that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howell, as always. Uh, and it's been an interesting day, a day full of surprises, hasn't it? Because Wales have named their Six Nations squad. And I think there's a few names, certainly in that list, that we weren't expecting. Yeah, that's right, uh, Ben. When you look at this squad, there's probably as many bombshells in it as uh, you know Warren Gatland used to uh, produce when he was uh, Wales coach. Uh, you know, it's right up there with that. You know, Will Rowlands. That's the one. We isn't heard it? of yeah. him. That's the one. Yeah, when I say that's the one, so was Nick Tom- Tompkins about just twelve we, hours just, before. It's just we knew about it's him just, last it night. It leaked out overnight. That was he would have been a huge shock. I think uh, you know a lot of people, uh, including in the media, weren't aware that either of those guys were Welsh uh, qualified. So they pulled a couple of real rabbits out of the hat. That's the funny thing, isn't it? Because I think last night, obviously the Nick Tompkins stuff broke. I had a few people message me saying, "Wow, Nick Tompkins, who's he?" Um, and it felt like that was our Jonah Holmes, so to speak. And then obviously we sort of took it for granted that the you know the the surprise had sort of been pulled out of the hat. And and then lo and behold, we get this one, and we also get Jonah Holmes as well, which we'll probably get onto in a little bit. Um, and I went to the Vale today through do the press conference and spoke to someone quite high up at the union, and they were sort of saying, you know, it's 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 all well, and it's it's nice that you've sort of seen the ones, the surprises that we've we, we we've shown. Uh, shown the public but there was probably a few more who might have been lurking in the wings who they've been looking at so that's one to keep an eye on is, is there might be a couple more sort of English based players who Wayne Pivak has been looking at yeah they've got to have to be a bit careful though because they've got the 60 cap rule of picking players at home and if all of a sudden you start picking loads of players from outside and no one's ever heard of the players who are based at home will quickly become fed up so it's a bit of a that balancing act because those a lot of those guys are playing in Wales simply because of the 60 cap rule so you know it's uh, it's okay as it is, but it's a uh, you know it's a bit of a slippery road to go down. And it also what does it say as well about Welsh regional rugby and the Guinness Pro 14? If you're looking for players outside all the time, is it maybe a not not a scattergun approach? But is it maybe just sort of let's let's give these a few of these boys an ultimatum and and, and it's building the player pool, isn't it? It's it's sort of. If if we make you know ten, is it ten players we've got from from England in the, in this squad? Five of which four of which are uncapped. Um, you know, if if we give four of the, these four uncapped players now a decision to make in in a couple of years' time, that you either come back to Wales or or, or you, you you lose your test career by staying in England, you're going to inevitably build the 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 player pool in Wales, which as we know isn't isn't that big. But I suppose it's a trade off, isn't it? Because then you. You do have to be careful, as you say, to sort of not yeah, yeah, it, it, neglect those who are, who are sort of playing by the rules. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the other thing is, you know, to persuade these guys to come back for, to Wales, you're going to have to be picking them. Because this case now, say say one of these guys gets three or four caps this year, and then his contract is up in two years' time, but he's not capped in the final year of his contract. He's likely to come to Wales to play for the region, I'd suggest. So... Uh, you know, you can't show them any favouritism either to try and get them to come to Wales. No, no. To join a Welsh region. Actually, Wales, I actually think Wales have got a big player pool anyway. You know, strongest uh, depth-wise, strongest uh, 
uh, the World Cup is one of the strongest uh, squads Wales have had. Um, you know, I can remember back in the nineteen seventies, and perhaps the uh, the squad was str- actually sh- <laughs> might not be better team, but the squad was stronger probably than it was in the nineteen um, seventies. And you look at this lot now, and as uh, you know, I've done a piece now. Players who missed out is actually twenty players who missed out. So there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of some of them obviously injured, but there's a lot of other good players out there. Now I'm not yeah. saying they shouldn't have picked these, these books at all. And uh, you know, there's a good chance that perhaps Nick Tompkins will be starting at 13, which is Wilson's problem position because of the uh, injuries of Johnson Davis and uh, Owen Watkins. I mean, if you do look at the four names, and we'll, we'll go through them one by one in a bit. You know, um, Nick Tompkins probably last night, just because of the sort of immediacy, of it, it it felt a bit sort of. You know, like that that typical sort of oh, we've 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 just plucked a, a name out of the air who, who just happens to be a Welsh based player in England. But with a bit of sort of thought on it, and, and looking at the thought process, and and looking at what he, he's done for Saracens, he could be a real find because it's all well and good saying Wales have got a, a centre crisis at the minute, but let's be honest, they they've had a lack of centre depth for two three years. Yeah, that's right, and that partly comes from the number of overseas centres have been employed in Welsh uh, by the Welsh regions. There's been a double roadblock at the at Blues. Okay, one of those guys has become available for Wales on uh, eligibility. It's the same with the Hadley Parks became uh, eligible for Wales on eligibility as well. So yeah. uh, you know it means to stifles development uh, a little. Tompkins. You know, he did play. He looks a good player, and he's played a lot of games for Saracens. He's was he about twenty three? Twenty four, I think. Yeah, twenty four, and he's played hundred games for Saracens. So you know, I can't stress highly enough. Saracens, you won the Champions Cup again last season. Well, they've won it now twice, three times, something like that. And um, they are, um, you know, they won the albeit under dubious circumstances because they broke the salary cap, but they've won the uh, won as well the Premiership title. They did a double last season. And this bloke, and they got a quality squad. You know, I would say I still argue myself that they'd be my favourites to this season's Champions Cup. And Tompkins has played so many games, made his debut from seventeen. He did play for England, and he's a World Cup winner under yeah. twenty World Cup. So it's Ross Twenty fourteen, Ross Moriarty was in the same team as him. Uh, Mario Toji was uh, a captain, so that show, that shows as well. He's got a pedigree. You know, if he's yeah. playing regularly, that many games for Saracens, that means he is a good player. You know, I have seen yeah. him play, and I think, and it was the game. Pivot said he spotted him when he gave the Scarlets a bit of a run round in the uh, at um, up there a few years, a few seasons ago. I, I got from if memory serves me correct, I, I can remember him probably giving the Blues and the Ospreys run around in, in different games as well. well I they've think. all had hidings, uh, haven't they? Off yeah, I think. Um, and the other thing is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll listen to Byron Hayward speak about him in a minute, and, and sort of what he can take on defensive responsibilities but his attacking game if you look at the, all the centres in the English Premiership uh, this is a stat I think was put out by Opta Johnny uh, to give it credit from where it's come from I think from the start of last season no other centre has scored more tries gained more metres or beaten more defenders I think that's the stat than, than uh, Tompkins you know he has clearly got something about him. Yeah, yeah. So when you, you know, if I take it, those stats are right. When you look at those stats, then he's um, amazing. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm included in when you look at some of the uh, players they picked. Yeah, in, in, you know in, I mean, in the centre. So you know, their losses, Wales' game. I suppose we, we were speaking to a few of our English sort of colleagues who who cover Wales sort of from the national newspapers, and their opinion was he'd probably be about fifth choice in in the English pecking order in, in centre. I suppose if you're 24 you probably get to that point where you think, well, if it's not going to happen, 
now. It's it's never going to happen. But and he's got Welsh grand beard. And, and I say the prom the promising thing is yeah. is that Pivac makes out that this was never sort of an English player who was you know suddenly been handed a, a, a Welsh call up and and gone. Yeah, I'll go for that. It, it's someone who Pivac insists he's always known for the majority of his career that this could go either way. He could either play for Wales or England. So when did Wales become aware of him? Um, I'm obviously we knew we know that Gatland looked at him before the 2019 World Cup back in 2018 when he looked at Marchant and Johnny Williams and Max Clark. Pivac, as he as he mentioned in today's press conference, said that he first became aware of him when um, he, he tore the scarlets to shreds at the Allianz what was that 2016-2017 um, yeah, season I think it was ago, I yeah. it was, it was the, year, the campaign I think it was the year they won the um, the, the, the Pro 12 yeah I um, like I said I covered that game and Saris ran right I think, he, I think he left he left Ken Owens and Reese Patchell for yeah, there for a try he was quite a young uh, young about guy tw- about, know, 20, about 20 about yeah. 20 team you know he was about 20 and Wayne Pivak sort of was impressed by him that day and sort of, you know, went away and asked a couple of questions, found out his <coughs> grandmother was Welsh and, and since then he sort of kept an eye on his career. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's not like... It, it doesn't feel like this is, uh, as some as some newspapers might like to say, you know, uh, Wales raid in England's sort of uh, player pool. It, it's very much a player who, who had options mm. to play for England or Wales and... Yeah. Be a bit rich of English newspapers to say that when you look at the England squad, mind and all the places they raid. Yeah, well, you know. And also, if England aren't interested in picking him, it's not really a raid, is it? No, he's Welsh qualified. Isn't yeah. he? so he's, it's not as though he's qualifying on uh, on residency. He's qualifying through Welsh Grand Prix. Indeed. Um, and you know what? I think he's he's got a very good chance to start in the opening game. You do, as things stand, I'd expect him to start against Italy with Hadley Parks, and. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll listen to what Byron Hay would have to say because he was asked whether Tompkins coming from Saracens and their defensive system could lead the Welsh defence. Yeah, certainly. I think if you look at Saracens, you know, what Neil was saying there, the biggest part of their success is they've built on their defence and the culture and the environment they are there. And I'm sure Nick has been a big part of that. So I'm looking forward to having some good conversations with Nick uh, in terms of how that culture is driven because, you know, the culture with Wales has been pre- predominantly defence-led. Um, I want to keep that going, obviously, with evolving our attack game as well. But it is very important that we keep our focus and our emphasis on the game when we don't have the ball because you know the quicker we get the ball back we've got some great weapons then to, to finish tries off so I, I see Nick yeah as certainly being a big part of our defensive uh, leadership group and, and growing us and, and to move forward in the future definitely yeah, interesting stuff there from Byron Hayward do you, do you expect Nick Tompkins to be sort of thrown in at the deep end yeah I think so I don't, yeah, unless they unless they move one of the wings Josh Adams who I think might you know I think he's scoring that tries for fun out wide so best to keep him out there but unless they moved him to the centre perhaps George North or, or Gamble perhaps with Owen you know Owen Lane was really inexperienced unless they move one of those to centre I, I think the only alternative would be to play Owen Williams who's back in the squad as well after a couple of years out just returned to action with success with Gloucester after nine months out with a knee injury though he's named in the squad as outside after he plays as uh, centre as as often usually inside centre but he has probably got the footwork and the vision and whatever that he could do a job at 13 but you would suspect when they go for uh, um, a specialist outside centre so looking at that it probably will be uh, Tompkins and he does play for Saracens and all so uh, why not give him a go what would be really exciting is if they put um, 
Or Williams at 12 with him? It'd be interesting Any chance to see. I, I, I don't think they would. Um, but yeah, you know, I think for me, a specialist 13 is always going to be better than, than a, a wing who, who's converted to play there because they are very different positions. You know, the whole idea that, you know, George North will be a better player if you get more touches of the ball albeit playing a 13 is That's a bit fine. of a is it's a bit of a fallacy to me yeah I, I agree. um so i think it's important that we we give a specialist 13 a run obviously it's it's going to be an international debut for him so i think italy's the ideal game to sort of get him a little bit up to speed and then it's it's out to dublin the weekend after which um you know we, we don't know what sort of shape ireland are going to come into the six nations you'd think they'd be there or thereabouts even after the world cup and a new coach and one thing for certain is they they've got a number of experienced players in midfield who yeah, got Bundyaki, Robbie Enshaw, both handfuls who are going to test you. Yeah, so um, it's Ringrose. it's important that he um, that he that he gets up to speed. And Italy could be a good game for him to get because obviously, well, it's not just a good game for him; it's a good game for some other youngsters as well. I mean, he's he's going to get tested against Italy because defending in the thirteen channel. And this is why I really don't think playing a winger there is suitable. Is well, who's who's the Italy fullback? Minotti. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty sharp attacker. Yeah, think, think, think about him cutting lines in the thirteen channel, and yeah. think about a, a winger defending there. That's what I think. That's why you need a, a, a specialist centre yeah. playing thirteen. Um, but talking of wings, let's talk about. I suppose a week ago, this was sort of the the bolter that we were expecting, and and now it's sort of the sort of fairly standard story. It's Lewis Rees Samet, who who's eighteen. Mm set the world alight so far this season yeah. and he feels like and you, you lot have all jumped on a bandwagon now I was on I was on the as I said on Twitter yeah. the other day I was on the bandwagon when he was wearing two gloves not just one yeah you all jumped on the bandwagon what have I been saying Ben what have I been saying for months um what have you been saying for months he's got to play yeah you have been he's to be fair play. he's got to play because simply the two best Welsh wingers Form and ability, uh, him and Josh Adams. So, got to play. Italy's perfect platform for him to have his debut as well. Let's have a look in this uh, uh, stage. You know, uh, 18, he'd be 19 the day after the Italian match. What a birthday present would be to play against him. If he makes his debut against him, he'll actually be older on debut than George North was. And uh, because North was a younger 18 year old at the time, half penny was 19. Great Gareth Edwards was 19. Captain Wales at 20. The wonderful Lewis Jones was 18 when he made his debut and then became a lion, I think, at the same age. And, uh, you know, there's a Keith Jarrett, another one, 18. Some of Wales' greatest yeah. ever players. God, it's all not, before my time. Uh, uh, yeah, some of Wales' greatest ever players, though, you know, were capped as teenagers. Yeah. So I'm not saying this guy's going to be one of the greatest, but to me, he has got a, everything. And what, he, what you said earlier about Pivot, what Pivot said about him, there's some things you can't go to this point. Yeah, that was the interesting thing. got it. You know, yeah, he's got double X factor. He was he was sort of Pivak was asked, you know, is he gonna be in contention to start or is he there to gain experience, you know? And Pivak naturally so was fairly coy and that he didn't answer the question straightly. But what he said is look, we're gonna get him in to sort of gain experience and I'll tell you what, actually let's let's not have me explain Wayne Pivak's quote. Let's listen to the man himself. Not at all. You just got to check his uh, his uh, social media page. There's a big Welsh flag there. I think he's uh, well and truly Welsh. And um, I, I think uh, having spoken to him, he's uh, he's just over the moon. He loves playing rugby. He's at that age where it's just about playing. It's not about contracts. It's not about anything else. He, he just wants to play the game. He's enjoying his rugby, and um, he's Welsh through and through. 
Well, at 18, we need to get him in and, and learn as much as we can. But what we've seen um, indicates to us that he's going to be a very, very good player going forward. Um, all the coaches know that he's, he's got um, some raw talent that you know you can't coach. You can't coach the sort of speed he's got and the, the finishing ability. He's um, and he's got uh, a lot of growth in him, which is the exciting part. At 18 years of age, turning 19, so look, he's a big guy. He's fast. He, he's got great attributes. So we'll learn a lot more by having him in camp with us. I'm Sam Warburton, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. So, yeah, go. That was Wayne Pivak doing a far better Wayne Pivak impression than I ever could. But you know, that, that's the point, though, isn't it? You know, um, it's just about getting him into the squad. And I mean, Johan Yo- Ackman's been calling it for for weeks, isn't he? Saying, "Look, mm. I want him in the Wales squad because I think it's going to improve him as a player." Mm. Wayne Pivak, Stephen Jones, they're all going to learn things about him. Well, the guy seems a natural, and he looks like he's got all the things you need to play at the highest level. So, give him a go. You know, I, I, there's nothing to lose as and it's everything to gain. Um, the only one, the only way I'd, it potentially may not start was be would be if they played Johnny Monegal on a one wing. Assuming Adams is on the uh, other wing and not picked in midfield. Um, because, unless, of course, you know, you think the amount. Uh, Lee Alfenny's going to be the fullback because yeah. he's been informed. I don't think hopefully Liam Williams be ready ready for this game after the injury. Uh, you know, perhaps be a more adventurous selection would be to pick McNichol at fullback. Where I think he's played some of his yeah. uh, best rugby. The only, uh, I would say the, then ha- the, the only thing with that, of course, is... the only thing with that, of course, then you need a specialist goal kicker in a, a top-notch goal kicker in the team, really. Yeah, but damn big will be starting fly off. Yeah, well, yeah. Assume well, you assume he starts unless he decides to experiment with this match. I don't think he. I don't think he'll experiment that. I think he'll give bigger the start, especially because Charles Evans Jared's... was dynamite man against the Bat. Yeah, but, but he has had, had an he's H- had an HIA, and that was interesting. I watched that HIA, and he didn't want to actually hit in the head. He was yeah. in the chest. Owen Williams. They might give Owen. Owen Williams could be given a bench spot for Italy. Maybe we'll get to him because you know he's he covers a couple of positions and he's been out for nine months. So for him, hmm. you know. He'll play this weekend for Gloucester. That'll be his third game in nine months. He'll then probably have the next weekend off, won't he? And then it'll be the Italy game. So you don't really want to leave him without rugby too much. So you either pick him on the bench or you, I suppose, you release him back to Gloucester. Um, either way, he, you, he you, you want to get him. You know, he could be a real bolter, mine. You know, not, I'm not just saying about a real bolter at 12. He could be a real bolter at 10. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of resigned, sort of. Uh, the fact that he wasn't going to be part of this Six Nations squad at the start of the year because I thought that the time frames wouldn't match up and I thought he'd be perfect to solve this centre crisis back when it did look quite bleak a couple of weeks ago so I'm I'm delighted that he's he's managed to sort of get himself back in contention yeah. and get in the squad because um, he, he's a Stephen Jones type player as well yeah he put the ball for the hands got a lot of skill I think <laughs> you know you make the ball do the work whether they go with it in the Six Nations but I've, the one thing I've noticed watching Dan Bigger at Northampton this year is he really thrives when he has a, a playmaking 12 outside them because yeah. it just it just creates it just it creates options for him and then he can become a running threat which is a really sort of underrated part of his game and you know I've spoke to Chris Boyd about it in the past and uh, a couple of other people um, you know Tom Vickers at, at, at the at, the local uh, press up there and, and they all say the sort of same thing about how Dan Bigger plays so 
Owen Williams could be key to really sort of unlocking that side of the biggest game in a Wales jersey. And they play well together when he did play for Wales yeah. against New Zealand and Australia. I mean, that try they created against uh, uh, New Zealand with the run round was, um, which uh, Williams and Bigger were pivotal, it was uh, one of the best tries Wales has scored in recent years. From a set move. Yeah, indeed. Hmm. Um, let's get on to the, the main headline then, which was Will Rowlands. Um, I don't think we saw this one coming. No. In- interestingly, we'll uh, we'll hear what Pivac had to say about it because we assumed this would be sort of the Exiles program that, that sort of scouted him, but it turns out it was Wayne Pivac had sort of tried to, to to buy him twice for the Scarlet. Yeah, I've been watching him since 2015, um, which is it's not a shock to me. Um, Stephen Jones came from Wasps, he knew him he said there's a a young rugby player there that's very big, he's athletic uh, he's an intelligent rugby player uh, Cambridge University graduate I think um, and is Welsh qualified so in my role at the Scarlets twice we've tried to get him there and been unsuccessful so um, at at the first opportunity here we've we've, um, had a look at him, we've spoken to him, Uh, I've met him a couple of times uh, and uh, he's very, very much looking forward to an opportunity to uh, hopefully play for Wales in the future. And, uh, you know, he, he fits the profile of the second row we're looking for. Um, we did a lot of homework on the Rugby World Cup that's just been. We looked at the All Blacks, South Africa, England, the, the sorts of type forwards that they have and how successful they've been. And, and we think um, he fits the profile of the second row we're looking for. He's big, he's athletic, and he's an intelligent rugby player. Yeah, probably not the most conventional way to to find a player. And yeah, but what it shows us, Pivak has been coaching here a while. Yeah, the Scarlets and all, and he's clued up on all the players. Yeah, it's just a bit you, different. You know, bringing in if you say Wales, replace Gatland with a guy from yeah. the Southern Hemisphere, and he'd come straight here and without little experience to the players. I suppose if you go back to Gatland's start start you know when he started the Six Nations this is probably the Warren Fury sort of selection where it would have been a player that he'd have known from the English Premiership that maybe people in Wales wouldn't have known but um, I mean Will Rowlands it's an interesting one he's an intelligent guy looking at his sort of school background um, he's a big guy Um, not a young guy though he's 28 so it'd be interesting to see sort of where he sits along this you know I've I've spoke to a few people about him this morning. I've had conflicting sort of things. Some say he's, he works hard, but he's not going to be near the start in 15. Some say he's the perfect forward for Alan Wynne Jones because of the way he plays. I, I guess he's just going to. It's going to be a case of getting him into the squad and sort of seeing how he how he adapts to this situation, isn't it? Uh, yeah, perhaps he'd be a perfect fall to a ball playing lock like Corey Hill if he's such a hard worker. Though Alan Wynne Jones is captain, he's clearly going obviously going to start. Um, it's interesting. I mean, he was uh, player of the season, players player of the season last uh, last campaign at his uh, at his club, and his lock colleague is uh, Joe Launchbury, was a great player. So you know that says something about the uh, how is this chap's uh, PSCM, and um, it was, it's a surprise acquisition not to me because when I look at the Wales uh, locks there, obviously Alan Wynne Jones, uh, Corey Hill, Jake yep. Ball had a great World Cup. And uh, Adam Beard, they're quite well blessed, actually, for Locke. So, yep. Wales must see something in this bloke. And you missed another name in there. Who's that? Seb Davis. He's had yeah, a call-up. Yeah, I know, but it was, is, what's Seb? Is he a Locke? Is he back row? I got, I'll, you know, I'll say it on you. I'm shocked he's in the squad. It's it's an interesting selection. Cause I think, yeah, um we know, he, we know we, he needs to consistently start performing. Yeah, we know we know what he ball. can we know what he can do with ball in hand, which maybe yeah, there's a lot more rugby in ball in hand. I know exactly, but you know, 
maybe Pivak just wants to sort of see that side of things and, and, and see if he can sort of work him into his game plan um, although I, I, you know, as I said I'm not expecting him to be sort of particularly near the start in 15 um, but just just a sort of Seb Davis type of player and an Owen Williams and even a Jonah Holmes to me that just shows you where Wayne Pivak wants to go with this squad because okay like say someone like Seb may have his faults elsewhere in the game same with Owen same with Jonah Holmes but to me they're all they're all intelligent rugby players with ball in hand they all they all know how to find space and I think we're going to see a lot more of this from Pivak's Wales is with Gatland it was a very much a case of manufacturing the space through big carries and big men like Jamie Roberts I think Pivak and Wales are going to do what he's done with the Scarlets which is a bit more heads up let's let's find the space and, and sort of stretch teams sort of horizontally rather than sort of knock them back until a gap appears yeah that's right but it's uh, easier said than done particularly at the international level when Indeed. the guys are so big and they can't tend to can't, you know in, in close games you tend to cancel each other I know you, you watched so that you watched that you watched that Barbarians documentary didn't you the other mm. day you did a piece on that and I think Gatlin said it was impossible if your line speed was quick enough in defence and you had six the magic number was six defenders he claimed it was impossible to get outside yeah. you however well, he was quite outside them quite a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah plus um you know Wales uh, they defended with that aggressive defence well they have been uh you know, New Zealand have exposed them on numerous occasions. Yeah. The Welsh back division. So, uh, you know, it's not everything, is it? Uh, what Wales are going to have to do cleverly, though, is they're going to have to um, have a couple of different game plans. Obviously, yeah. because if they just got one game plan, not going to go wide and all the time, they will get some unstuck at some stage. Well, I yeah. think they've got. A, I think they got a few things up their sleeve. Um, I mean, there's an uh, interview with Pivac, which is embargoed until ten o'clock tonight. So probably won't reveal the details of it but you can read it on Wales Online um, from sort of 10 o'clock Wednesday night onwards where he's talking about sort of one player playing in one position who's capable of doing a job in another one so they've clearly picked this squad with um, sort of a an overall mindset in in, in sight but maybe a, f- a few more sort of horses for courses situations yeah, yeah, I do um, tend to uh, agree with that. It's uh, yeah, there's quite a bit of versatility in the um, in the squad, and a lot, you know, as you said earlier, there's a lot of footballers in there, and uh, you know, the front row he he picks it, um, and I, if you even Will Griff John, he's got to be in with a chance of a debut. Tight dead property, he's a ball player as well. Yeah, Liam Brown's a ball player. Liam Brown's Lewis. been playing really well, isn't it? I think Leon yeah, Brown's a shoe in for the twenty three. You could see. Um, Against the Barbies, the style of Wales are playing because um, um, Tiprich and uh, Aaron Wainwright spent most of the match out on the wings. Win Jones and man of the match. Mm, yeah, but he showed up a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how it, it does uh, sort of unfold. Obviously, it's not just uh, a new, uh, a sort of a, a debut tournament for some of these players, but the coaches as well. It's Wayne Pivak, Stephen Jones, uh, John Humphreys, and Byron Hayward as their first coach of Six Nations, I guess. The one who's most under pressure maybe is Byron Hayward, um, filling the shoes of Sean Edwards, and he spoke about that pressure uh, earlier today. Um, I don't know, I mean, perceived pressure possibly from outside, but um, not from myself. I put pressure on myself to, to obviously maintain our defence, and the standards have been set, which have been very high, you're right. But, you know, my job is to come here and improve it. 
I think a lot of people will come here and maintain what's been done. The exceptional work that Sean and the team has done. And Neil alongside him, you know, having come in here and worked with Neil the Barbarians, I actually realise how much of an influence he has on the defensive side of the game. Kicking strategy he puts in place has a massive impact on uh, our exit policy on our kick chase. And, and he's a massive part of that, which was an eye-opener to me when I first came in. So I see uh, Jenks is a great, massive asset to me. Um, but yes, well, pressure it is, isn't it? We, we are where we are. It's just it's pressure in the sporting context, not pressure in a life context. Yeah, so that's that's what Byron Hayward had to say. Um, yeah, he's, he, he's he quite is, relaxed. Yeah, he is under pressure, but the smart move of Pivak by getting Sam Walburton on job on job or on the point as a defensive uh, uh, advisor or, or specialist working with Hayward both of them on defence means that some of the pressure will be taken off by Byron because Walburton will uh, automatically be uh, attract more attention from yeah. the public and from the media and it also gives them a bit more rope, if you like, because of uh, Sam War- the respect people got for Sam Warburton. And, yeah. uh, the breakdown's going to be a big, big yeah. part of their defence. And if you look well. at the Welsh defence, it wasn't great at the World Cup. In fact, they leaked loads of tries. And as Pivak has said in the past, against the Southern Hemisphere, big boys, the Welsh defence yeah. has never been as great as it has been in the Six Nations. So there's scope for the heap feels the Welsh defence can get better, yeah. and there was some alarming cracks in it at the World uh, at the World Cup. So uh, it was probably the right time for Sean Edwards to leave. Yeah, it's interesting what uh, Pivak, how uh, sorry Haywood spoke about the defence and how he's looking to sort of improve it, and he he said basically you want to move away from the mindset of having a policy, and you just want to improve the players as as as, as intelligent rugby thinkers. So. You know, they got to think together, though. Go they got to think life, together, yeah. but they got to be able to to sort of see the bigger picture. So yeah, well, he's saying, look, de- the breakdown is going to be a big part of their their defense. That's natural. That's what Pivac sort of built his defense on with the Scarlets. You know, it's, it's you attack the breakdown and then you attack transition ball. But he's saying it's just teaching you know one to fifteen or one to twenty three to to sort of to read the breakdown and, and read the the wider game and, and just so we don't end up overcommitting which I think maybe Wales have, have probably done at, at times with, with, with the way they defend yeah and of course the Scarlet's game was based on our transition getting bodies off the floor quicker than the opposition at great extra numbers like that again that's more difficult in national rugby because you're up against better players and maybe yeah. even be fitter better athletes but yeah that was the, you know the but not, their success and uh, funny enough talking about breakdowns and all Tompkins is supposed to be very good at a breakdown yeah. and if you know if we go back to people like Brian O'Driscoll he was one of the world's greats at a breakdown it's like him and going Darcy we like flankers yeah. you know Jonathan Davis is very good at a breakdown as you say like obviously that defending that way is hard but then I suppose the Scarlets largely got found out defending that way two years ago after the whole sort of they played Leinster twice in Dublin yeah but Leinster especially yeah Champions but I mean match, Leinster would have beaten they would have beaten the All Blacks but then they, after, they that after good. but after that game it sort of teams started paying more attention to the Scarlets and well, that's what happened in Wales and, and, and figured out how to sort of play that way so Pivak has had a year and he was had a year of sort of troubleshooting to see how you can then get around it so I suppose that's a, a positive even though it probably was a negative for Scarlets fans for the last year in, in how they sort of dealt with uh, yeah, but last year, you can forget last season because they had so many injuries. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like it was a- are this this season, there were just so many out. It was right, it was extremely difficult. 
because you're just another quality player to go in, in your team. Yeah, indeed. So, Andy, what's your, what's your what's your final thoughts then on on this Six Nations squad? Well, one bloke we've got to mention is Mr. Reese Webb. Yeah, back in the squad. Um, you know, top player. He's been catalyst for Wales before he became ineligible. The trouble, the problem for Webb is he hasn't played much rugby for too long. He was no longer. He wasn't their first choice scrum after the French yeah. scrum after Baptiste Seren was, and uh, so I politically it'd be extremely difficult to start with Webb against Italy. He could be on a bench. I don't even. I don't even. Think, I don't even think. Three. I, don't, I don't even think politically. I just think rugby wise. Well, like, why I say politically? Because if you put him straight in, I would. It puts, that would, it puts that one would of, annoy it puts, it puts some of the of, other players. Yeah, it, puts, it would threaten it, it, harmony in the squad because guys would be thinking that he's gone abroad. Yeah. He doesn't start with the Ospreys until next season, yet he's been given this special dispensation become yeah. available for Wales for the Six Nations. Like Alan Davis, World Cup number three scrum half, his nose must be out of joint of this. He must be thinking. He would have been, I think he would have been comfortable, I suspect, with once Webb started back with the Ospreys, then he, you know the view of some players would be, in my opinion, that Webb shouldn't have been uh, shouldn't be available to be picked for Wales until he actually starts playing for the Ospreys. Yeah, so until the Wales tour in New Zealand. I mean, Ali Davis is potentially there's, so, there's talk about yeah. him going to Bath, right? Which you know could you know maybe maybe he'll see that now as okay. Well, the door's closing for me now. I'll I'll I'll, I'll yeah. move to. Where is no spring chicken, mate? No, and, and Gareth Davis is not. And either. for me, I I I think okay, Webb's in the squad. You knew he's going to be in the squad because why else would the union have announced he has special dispensation unless he was going to be in the squad? You wouldn't you wouldn't risk upsetting people if you were then going to drop him. Hmm. Um, Webb Webb is one of the best. I was just going to ask at his at his best. At his best, yeah. But for me, he wouldn't be in the in the match day twenty three at the minute. No, I don't agree because he hasn't played. He enough. hasn't played. He hasn't played enough and. Uh, and Wales got two good scrum halves Gareth Davis yeah, and Thomas it, Williams it also depends I don't know how Hayward wants his nine to defend that's what we're going to have to see because Gareth Davis carved out a niche he was flying and um, out of the blocks you know uh, Reese Webb wouldn't defend like that no uh, Thomas Williams defends in his own sort of yeah but he, he, his he, own he's way. quick off the mark he could do that Gareth Davis ploy Wales were using the spot sort of ploy who Thomas or Thomas Williams could yeah, he could do the same sort of thing. But then with the Blues, he likes defense. He defends like yeah, to, to to affect transition. So they yeah. both. For me, I don't know. I just I just think. I mean, for me, I think there's two ways really. Is Thomas Williams. Off, either, I would either start you, Thomas, and I have uh, Gareth on the bench. Yeah, is a scrum half. Either you fly at the opposition outside. I've tried to put him under pressure, put him off his game, etc. And attack. Oh, you do a bit of sweeping. Yeah. And uh, and then if there's a breakdown and your boys get in it on win the ball, you run out there. Quickly to get the ball away, which is perhaps what this you know put Scarlets and the pivot were doing. Uh, getting players there, ideally a scrum half or someone to know how to pass to get the ball away quickly. Yeah, I'd so, agree. Uh, that, yeah. Who would you start with? Sorry, Ben. I'd go Thomas, uh, then Gareth on the bench. I would definitely do that against Italy. No. And then, and then yeah, Reese doesn't make the match day twenty three for me. Um, but then maybe that's not a bad thing because at the end of the day, right? He's not played much rugby. He's coming back to Wales. He could very much view this. I'm not sure he would because at the end of the day, he's a competitive rugby player and caps are caps are sort of what you're there to to win. This is an extent. This is like a a sort of early training camp for him to sort of lay down a marker in Wayne Pivak's mind to maybe you know Japan and it uh, New Zealand in the summer. He, he could end up sort of 
having a bit of credit in the bank, even if he doesn't play much minutes, because you know he's he's not getting minutes for too long, is he? And that's not going to no, change anytime soon. No, they said they're not going to pick him. Um, yeah, he's going to have to show up uh, really well in this uh, Wales training to have a uh, yeah. have a chance getting into match day twenty three. You would uh, suspect. Uh, overall, I'm encouraged uh, by the squad, the composition a bit, and when I look at the state of the other nations in the sixth. Uh, in the tournament, England uh, got to be the favourites because they've got cl- more continuity, and uh, you know they got some really good young players because they've been quite dominant under twenty world uh, world level. So yeah, they've got that. And they always got the playing numbers. Um, France, I see them uh, on the up, um, but the young squad uh, going to be fascinating match out their first game. Uh, against England in Paris France you know I think France are capable of winning that game but I expect them to come unstuck during the tournament because their lack of experience Ireland some really good young players but they are dad's army got a lot of old guys they're likely to pick their old guard at halfback yeah, Johnny Sexton Conor Murray capable again of a couple of big performances like I'm really wary of that Wales is that's a pivotal game for me Wales is second match in Dublin so if Wales win that match the championship is all on yeah. but I can see you know but Ireland I think will put a couple of big performances in and I, that could potentially be one of them but then Ireland go to England later in the tournament and I think they could get stuffed by England because I, because England just have outpowered them last time they twice they played them like the All Blacks did, did to them so um, yeah, I can't see Ireland winning the tournament and Scotland only thing significant about Scotland is how, how, how overpaid their chief executive is the know, amount of money he's on I'm he's really, you know uh, I'm really concerned myself with that story Scotland and Italy I think are going to improve they have got some good young players coming through but that's going to take time so yeah. this championship I think is going to be between uh, uh, England and Wales there we go so that's it for a busy day uh, squad announcement but um, we'll be back later in the week with another podcast but for all the latest Welsh rugby news you can catch it all on Wales Online